This is News Source 1 Michiana. Welcome to Michiana Speak Out where you can speak to us via voicemail or we can speak to you. Sitting in for Keith today is our Michiana racing expert Ron Verash. He will begin after the news. From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Nick Harper. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov says he's waiting for a detailed written response from the United States before deciding what action to take over Ukraine. Dialogue resulted in stalemate this week, even though Russia joined high-level meetings with the US and NATO on a series of national security issues. FSN's Stuart Smith reports from Moscow. At a Ministry of Foreign Affairs press conference, the foreign minister said he's still hoping for dialogue and progress, but should talks fail, the deployment of military hardware is likely. On Thursday, the US warned the threat of a Russian military invasion of Ukraine is high, but Russia insists it has no such plans. It comes as Ukraine experienced a huge cyber attack, hitting its Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Cabinet Ministry and Security Council. Ukraine's foreign ministry says it's too early to say who could be behind the attack. Russia so far refused to accept US demands to remove its estimated 100,000 troops from near the Ukrainian border. It began a new round of military exercises on Friday. Almost half of all US states are struggling to care for hospitalised COVID-19 patients. Hospitals in 24 out of the 50 states have reported that they're close to capacity as the Omicron variant continues to spread rapidly across the country. In 24 states, at least 80% of hospital beds are now occupied and 85% of ICU beds are full. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is under renewed pressure following fresh allegations that two parties were held in Downing Street the weekend of Prince Philip's funeral. The Daily Telegraph reports the gatherings took place in April 2021 when Covid restrictions banned indoor mixing between households. Telegraph political correspondent Tony Dyer says the April gatherings involved senior staff. One of the leading dues was for James Slack, who at the time was Boris Johnson's Director of Communications. So that was one of the most senior people in Number 10. And it would have been people around him, civil servants, advisors who were there. We think between the two parties, there were about 30 members of staff who were uh, enjoying themselves. We also know that Boris Johnson himself wasn't at the parties. He'd gone to his country residence. We can say for sure that a lot of the people working right at the heart of government were, were there that evening. Australia has once again cancelled the visa of tennis star Novak Djokovic. It's the second time his visa has been revoked over his unvaccinated status. Arthur Stevens reports from Melbourne. The shockwaves are still reverberating around Melbourne Park where Novak Djokovic was hoping to defend his Australian Tennis Open crown. His plans are now in disarray after Immigration Minister Alex Hawke used his discretionary power to scrap the Serbs visa on health and good order grounds and on the basis that it was in the public interest to do so. Djokovic's legal team has indicated they intend to file an injunction in a bid to allow him to stay and play in the tournament. From Bureaus Worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Today, the British parliamentarian who took money from a Chinese spy. MI5 disclosed on Thursday that a Chinese agent has been working in the British Parliament to undermine the country's democracy. The British intelligence services say lawyer Christine Lee was sent to Britain expressly to engage in political interference on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. She's been operational in the UK for the last 15 years. At one point, received an award 
abroad from former Prime Minister Theresa May and donated money through her company to several lawmakers, including Barry Gardner, a member of Parliament for Britain's opposition Labour Party. She was a person who had been fated uh, by Number 10 Downing Street. She was... Uh, somebody who'd received awards from Theresa May. She was a well-known figure who had been fated for her community work. I believed her to be bona fide. I believed her to be genuine. Um, And I am shocked. I'm actually very upset. But I'm also really very angry that somebody who I trusted... Um, sought to abuse that trust. The authorities say Ms Lee's efforts fall below the criminal threshold and Mr Gardner says he gave her no information of value. But the MI5 alert has sent shockwaves through Britain's political classes about China's activities on democracy's doorstep. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. In the main news again, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov says he's waiting for a detailed written response from the United States before deciding what action to take over Ukraine. Almost half of all US states are struggling to care for hospitalised COVID-19 patients. And UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is under renewed pressure after fresh allegations two parties were held at Downing Street the weekend of Prince Philip's funeral. There's more from us on Twitter at Feature Story. That's Feature Story News, Nick Harper reporting. Hey, we're here at Stopping Motor Speedway, and races are about getting ready to start here in a little bit, but we have one of the uh, guys that do a lot for the Speedway. It doesn't turn one lap around here, but you do all kinds of video work, taping all the races, and you are James Dennett, and you come all the way from uh, out by Joliet, Illinois. So a good 100-mile drive here every week to take the races. Tell us how you got involved in coming out here to Stopping Speedway. Kind of a sad story, in fact, you know, kind of like with the racing closures and stuff. And, uh, well, a little bit. What it really was is that um, I was a fan out at Grundy, which is closer to me out in Morris, Illinois, Grundy County Speedway, and I uh, became friends with Jeff and Michelle Law, who used to race out here in the four cylinders, and um, they said you should come out to South Bend, you would really like it, because actually I, I got into, um, my interest in racing started with going to Raceway Park in Blue Island, Illinois, which closed in 2000, then I was going to Ileana in uh, Fairville, which closed. I was going to Santa Fe, which closed. Uh, but they, you know, I told them about Raceway Park. It was a quarter-mile asphalt track, just like uh, South Bend. And um, you know, I said, "Come out and check it out. We think you'd really like it." And I just love the place. The, the staff, the people, the drivers, the uh, race action is just a lot of fun. And the whole video thing began because um, I wanted to just kind of record Jeff and Michelle's races, and I was using my iPhone. And my iPhone, of course, was running out of memory because it's the only so much room for video. So I thought, okay, I'll check into this, you know, small little video camera. And uh, I did that, and then um, I started recording their races here. And then as I got to meet their friends and some more of the drivers, they were asking me if I could record their races. And then uh, Kevin Sauer actually came up and said, hey, would you mind recording my race for me? So at that point, I just said, you know what, why don't I just record everybody's races? And this way, they can look back at them and they can enjoy them. And, uh, you know, even like some people that can't make it out every week or some people live out of state, um, We'll check out the videos. In fact, one uh, uh, family member of uh, Mike Wallace, who drives the number 99 stock uh, car, um, a street stock, rather, um, she lives in Florida, and she looks forward to seeing Mike's
race races every week. Uh, so, you know, it's just, for me, it's a way to give back kind of to the racing community, and uh, I enjoy doing it. I mean, yeah, you know, there are some times when it's frustrating. You take video, and you go to edit it, and you find out that the camera didn't record it correctly, or you missed something. We just did that with a few interviews here with the audio. Yeah, exactly, you know. So, uh, no, but, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. And you get to see the Wedgelite models, which, you know, you used to see them years ago with the Arco series. Yes. And then, now, really, the Illinois late models are more of a template, sportsman-style body. They are. So once you get over this way, and there's not a big pocket of these cars anywhere, but you no. get to see the Wedgelite late models here. Yeah, which is really interesting because um, it's a similar uh, style to a car that they used to run out of Santa Fe, which was a, a clay track. And then, um, I think in the later years at, at Raceway, they may have even adapted yeah. a, a body kind of like that. And it was open competition a little bit. Yeah. Stuff with bigger points and glasses. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's great to see. And, you know, the action out here is uh, is just amazing. Um, the, the, com- the competitiveness between the drivers and, uh, you know, I don't think anybody likes to go to a race and just see six or seven cars going around in a circle or an oval. Mm-hmm. You know, just one behind the other. And out here you got a good two-groove two racetrack. Uh, sometimes they try to push it to three in the corners. And, uh, but you got a, you know, you got a nice two-groove track. And, uh, man, these, these guys and gals out here really get things going on, on the quarter mile. The late models are 11. Sportsmen are basically 12. Amazing. And then the street stocks. Which, yeah. When you look at a street stock to a late model, it's only two seconds slower. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And I mean, that's just, that's just fast. And, uh, you know, the other interesting thing about this season is you notice that... Uh, uh, there are some records, some new records being set in times. Yeah. And when you look at this track, it's like concrete, pavement, asphalt in some places. You, you wouldn't believe it. You'd be like, you guys race on that? But it works. And then the drivers make it work. They find a way to make it work, which is just uh, incredible. And it's kind of cool. You get home and you do Grundy County, too, for some races. Yes. So now you're, now you're, Sunday you're editing. Unless you've got something else going on. Yeah, what I usually do is um, Grundy races on Friday nights. So uh, Friday nights I'm at Grundy, um, Saturdays I'm here, and um, I work five and a half days a week, so I don't have a chance to really download any video from Friday nights. So that's what I do Sunday morning is I start downloading the video from Grundy and South Bend, and then I like to try to kind of do it in order. So I'll do I'll start Grundy on, on Sunday, and then I'll get to South Bend, and I'll start putting that stuff up on, uh, on Monday and kind of go through the I do. I post it, so I have a Facebook page. And I also do it on YouTube. Um, the YouTube's been very good. Um, you know, it's a way that people that uh, maybe don't have Facebook, they can go on YouTube and they can they can watch the videos. And uh, yeah, you know, just try to make it more available for everybody. And with where you're sitting at, great vantage point too, because the sun's behind you, so you really don't have a blur issue. And you know, being up in turn two, I mean, there's action all over the place. But you, you know, there's something. If you're in the middle of the front stretch or back stretch, try to move the camera a lot more. Where where you're at, you don't have to move the camera a whole lot, which helps out. I know I used to videotape, but if I could stand in a place where you only had to move a little bit, because if you had to move a lot of it, you're up in the lights, and it's easy to 
I yeah. used to be easy to get distracted. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, up in turn two is uh, so far that I found the best vantage point. Um, if I was up by the press box, I think I'd be in the way of uh, the people in the press box trying to view the track. And then, you know, you have kind of like the infield kind of blocking some things on the back stretch. So turn two actually works out pretty well, and uh, I'm pretty comfortable up there. I've got my umbrella. I've got a little pad uh, for the bench that helps me with standing, and uh, i got a, a nice little uh, area there to lean against when I need to. So yeah, the only thing is um, when they're doing stuff over here, uh, like interviews or taking pictures, like that, I have to, of course, zoom in a little bit, and it gets a little shaky. But, you know, we try to do the best we can do. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a million-dollar camcorder and they're doing a trick. But you got a simple yeah. one. They might actually the same model as mine there. I was surprised to find that out. And, um, yeah, I, I'm not a big uh, technical kind of guy, so the simpler the better. And, um, you know, it just, it just works. It works pretty good. And it's amazing, like, you know, we take a lot of pictures out here. And, they, you know, they're popular. The videos and interviews and stuff we do. Um, you know, Brian, you, you're talking a thousand views by your Thursday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I love the interviews that you do over in uh, Victory Lane because, uh, you know, you're you're talking to the drivers about what was going on during the race. And, um, you know, so many times uh, they're so super excited, you know, to have won that feature race because it was a real competition. It was a real battle. And um, you capture that spirit and uh, you ask great questions. And, uh, wow, yeah, I, I really enjoy watching. You know, after I look at all the pictures and I look at, I edit my videos, I'm looking for your videos so I can watch the interviews. Because I really enjoy not just watching the races, but I like learning about the drivers, about their history. Um, you are a very good historian, and you know, you know, this guy started in uh, four cylinders and moved up to street stock. This guy went from street stock up to sportsman. Um, you know all the tracks in this area and some of the people that travel a little bit and come from different tracks for different events. So I really enjoy that. And yeah, when we get those old-timer interviews, that's really cool. Oh, yeah. When we, they go back, you know, 40 years in racing or 50, and I, you know, I got a lot of that material. To me, I can remember something back 30 or 40 years better than I can three years ago. So we can go back and some stories. It's just like you just see those guys light up with some stories about stuff. And it's just, yeah, you just see the memory, the memory bank kicks in. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, uh, so-and-so was running outside of me, and we had three laps to go, and I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm like, I can't even remember what I had for dinner, you know, so, yeah. But it's a lot of fun doing the videos, and we appreciate what you do out here. Well, thank you. You know, you, you got to go through the Chicago traffic all the time. You know, I don't, I don't mind it. Like I said, I do work a half a day on Saturday, so on Saturday, I'm about a quarter of the way here already from where I work, and uh, it's kind of a nice thing to look forward to, like, ah, my work week is done, now I can come out to the racetrack and, you know, see my friends, see my family. And uh, see some great competition. Because really, uh, I'm a fan at heart. And uh, sometimes I find myself, like, if I could, I would be, like, yelling for somebody, you know, during the race. Like, but you have to kind of hold back because, you know, you're doing the video. And um, one of the neat things that uh, Chris Highball, uh, I talked to Chris about, man, it would be really great if there was some way I could work in the audio that you do, you know, the, the announcement that you do during the race to the video. Um, Chris and his wife Jerry both started looking into that, and um, I was actually going to wait until the off season and, and maybe look for something next year. But they looked into it. Uh, they found a program and, and some uh, equipment that would work, and we did it uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and we were able to match it up. And then last week for the gambler, unfortunately, um, as sometimes happens with computer programs, uh, something just doesn't click right. So unfortunately, I didn't have um, any of the uh, audio from Chris, but. 
I think it makes a great addition to the to the race video. And um, I know we're gonna we're gonna try it again tonight. And we're gonna try to you know keep incorporating that into the video. So just, just add something else to the video. Now you've been to a lot of tracks over here. You got a favorite track? Oh wow. Um, I would have you know I this is probably gonna sound like I'm saying this because I'm here, but really I, I really love South Bend. Partly because it reminds me so much of my first track, Raceway Park in the Island. But um, I really do enjoy coming here. Uh, there are, on occasion, there's a Saturday that I missed, or say a Friday night race that I missed, um, and I actually do miss it. Obviously, Grundy is um, is a good track. I've been to um, Fairbury down in Fairbury, Illinois, and that's a dirt track. And man, is that exciting! Um, yes, they do. They do. They do, and, and they have a um, a really big thing with the Prairie Dirt Classic. I think it's called. They do that in August, um, like on a weekend, a Friday, Saturday, and they get a ton of cars for that. That is a that is a fun track to go to and, and to watch racing. Um, I just went to Kalamazoo for the first time this year. I went for the uh, spring race, and then I just made my uh, my hotel reservation for the class in August. So I'm going to stay uh, in town that night. And what's fun is when I go to those other tracks, I, I don't videotape. I can just be a fan, sit back, and just kind of enjoy what's, uh, what's going on in the race. And it's fun to go to Kalamazoo because you know you see guys like Kevin and Vern, you see Rich Bowl, um, you know you see. Steve Stacey, some of these other guys that race here and, and around, and you know, you're like, hey, I know that guy. Oh, I, I recognize that car. One thing that was unique about Santa Fe, in the middle of the residential district, which didn't help any. But then, you know, it was set up for open trailers the way that park the pit was. Then, in the last few years, the enclosed trailers really kicked in. Now they're trying to find places to park those enclosed trailers with those trees in the middle of the pit. And when you walk through the pits, it's like, it was like a treasure hunt for some of these haulers and some of the angles. It's like, how are they going to get out of there? They barely had like a one-lane road to get into the pits. And, uh, yeah, you're right. They had a lot of trees, a lot of vegetation. I always remembered any time we went to Santa Fe, we always had to remind each other to bring the uh, mosquito spray. Because <laughs> that place was just a mosquito heaven or haven. And uh, if you didn't have the off spray with you, the deep woods off or something like that, forget it. Oh, my gosh. They would just eat you up. But, I mean, there were guys there, you know, um, uh, Bill Nippenberg, uh, uh, O'Connor, Izzo, you know, when I go to Kinkakee and, you know, people look at the old photos, but we go down there with them on, you know, during the year, and, boy, there's a lot of people that just love Santa Fe to death. You yeah. know, they just, there's just that passion for that track was yeah. just amazing. And then they would race two or three times a weekend. I mean, they would race normally twice. Right. Sometimes they'd race three times a weekend. And yeah. Like, how did they do, how did they make that work? It was just amazing. Yeah, you know, and, and going back to Raceway Park, Raceway Park back in its heyday, they used to run four nights a week. They ran Wednesday night, yep. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Cause and these were the same class of And then cars. they would have Arkel there on Tuesday yes. or Wednesday. Yeah. Because you know, we went there for Arkel shows. And yeah. Just amazing. And, and that's in the middle of town. You looked over your shoulder and there's a gold kart track. Right. You right. know, and then first time I went there in 81, I was in high school and my mom and I went and I was trying to get directions and people were like, the gold kart track? They were, and I said, no, it's the racetrack. I don't know where it's at. And I said, well, you know, before yeah. that, you didn't have to, you couldn't Google anything. No, right. You had, you had, you had to know. You know, you have a map that would tell right. you to get there. Just right. lighten that light. I'm like, man, this is, we're, man, we're, there's no racetrack in this area. And yeah. There was a racetrack, and it's like. And it was right on the border of, uh, like, Blue Island and Calumet Park. So depending on who you ask, it was yeah. in Calumet Park or it was in Blue Island. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I know i got to go that way to get out of here. Right. And getting there was another, you know, deal on Oh, yeah, yeah. You could see it off of I-55. 
but you couldn't really like exit near the track. Yeah. You had to kind of get off a little bit further or a little bit sooner, and then, like you said, kind of work your way to it. Yeah. It's funny on um, Fourth of July. Um, they had a fireworks show. They're nothing like the one that Kevin puts on here, not even close to it. But um, the cars on I-55 would actually stop, and they would park watch on the median, you know, on the side. They would stop, and, and they would watch the fireworks show. Uh, so, yeah, just a lot of a lot of really good memories from, from that track. And then you go to Raceway Park, and you got the Weltmeyers were back in the, the day. The Weltmeyers, yes. Uh, you know, the late models, yeah. you know, the super late. Bud Taylor. Eklund was another one. Pat Eklund. Uh, Pat Eklund, I think, I think he was out here last year for a vintage race. Oh, yeah, that Northern, Northern Illinois deal. Yeah, yeah. Pat Eklund, Woody Poole. Um, yeah, Poole was in that mix there. Yeah. Cornell's. Yeah, and, yeah. So it really is cool kind of to see that, you know, some of those guys are still uh, keeping their hand in the racing, you know, business. And uh, uh, Bobby Dotter, who mm-hmm. used to race out at Raceway, he um, helps with uh, build build the car for Clay Kurtz. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's still that, that connection going back. It's, it's really fun. And any favorite drivers over time? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll start with Raceway because, you know, that's where things started. 77, Bud Kaler, uh, multi-year track champion. Um, uh, Stosh Coleman in the 4U. The 4U car, yeah. That was kind of like a purplish pink. Yeah, because he would sneak over to Plymouth on Sunday nights occasionally. Woody. Him and the Schulers would come over there. Okay. Cool. It was like a holiday weekend. Yeah. Time, but you get five or six that would roll in, and then the late models, we have, we have 17 late models that night. Oh, wow, and yeah. I was like, wow, look at all these guys. Yeah, you know, Stosh. would sneak over to yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah. Zero heroes, they would call them. Yeah. Another one of my favorites was uh, 007, a.k.a. James Bond, who was really Dan Collier. And if I remember the story correctly, he was using the James Bond moniker because he either didn't want his parents or his wife to know that he was racing. And he had the car, the 007, like 007. a 007, yeah. Like a gun. Yeah, and occasionally you'll see uh, that paint scheme or, or that style of number still uh, being used by, by some racers, you know. Kind of cool. Um, at Santa Fe, I, uh, I really liked um, uh, Nippenberg. Um, Izzo was a good racer, of course. Um, like you said, O'Connor. Um, I did go off to LaSalle a couple times, and uh, they had some of the, um, uh, is it the UMPs or the um, uh, Outlaws? Oh, like UMP late model? Yeah, but like uh, Dennis Herb, um, oh, yeah, okay. Bobby UMP Pierce. That, like you know? basically the dirt late models. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really know the drivers too much down at uh, Fairbury yet. I'm starting to get to know some of them as I go there. Um, I can't really say who my favorites are here because I sponsor some cars, and <laughs> you know I don't want to cause any any uh, any divisions there. But no, I, I I really enjoy coming out here and, and watching the races at South Bend. And uh, like I said, um, I try to invite people out here, and some of the people are like you go all the way out to South Bend. I said yes, because it's great racing. You got to come out here and you got to see it. Um, so I'm hoping to bring some more people out this season and, and maybe get them hooked a little bit. Um, but it, it really is fun coming out here. And you know, the very first time I came out here, I wasn't doing any video work. I, I wasn't sitting in the I wasn't in the pits. I was right up here in the stands. A uh, gentleman sitting across from me said, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, and I said, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm I'm James, and he said, "Hey, you know, I'm Tom or whatever." And we sat there and we talked, <laughs> and we just enjoyed ourselves. So South Bend is, is a very family friend, uh, family friendly, kid friendly kind of place, and um, just. Really, you know, great car counts and really good competition all the way around. I mean, you know, a lot of people think, like, for example, like a lot of people think the four cylinders are just, you know, putting around the track. I mean, they're not. They, those guys and gals compete just as hard as, as, the, as the outlaw late models. And they're normally here longer. 
True. I mean, they're going to like the last classes to run sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Being speed cars, I always oh, tell them if they're racing at 1 in the morning to make gaming, you're racing at 9, 10 o'clock. <laughs> That's well, a little added incentive, right? Well, I remember <laughs> Jeff and Michelle when I came here with that camera the first so, that night. It was like 45 degrees and 30 time. mile an hour wind, and uh, I walked through and pissed, right, and I said, yeah, they came away from Jolly Head. I'm going to go interview Michelle, and, you know, we can barely talk. Right. And Dave Coons and those guys, and it just started a friendship there, and they're like, why'd you pick us? And I'm like, you guys came a long distance, and I'm not sure if you can make it back every week, but these other guys will be back. I'll catch these guys later. You know, I can always, yeah. you know, get so many interviews in. You know, everybody's busy in the pits trying to get the cars ready and stuff, and it was kind of cool there. And, right. You know, and then just, uh, it just starts a lot of fun camaraderie on Facebook. Well, you post silly stuff, or you start something maybe a little, uh, uh, maybe a little adult-like, maybe with yes. comments or something, then you get people yes. rolling, you know, and it's like, <laughs> oh boy, you need to get them guys, and it's just a, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things, another thing I like to do is like at the at the end of the season when the racing is over, I like to put together some highlight videos. You know, the, yeah, that was the, really uh, cool. The the high speed, uh, mm-hmm. you know, highlights. The uh, 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 what's the what's the other one I do with the uh, crashes and crashes and bashes. Yeah, and stuff. there you go. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of fun to do. And then you know, it seems like each season there's like kind of a theme that starts happening at the track. Like last year, everybody was going through the infield and creating this dust thing. So I did that dust in the wind, you know, video, and uh, I don't have one in mind yet um, for this season. But we'll see. Might, see. might the wall rumors were pretty good earlier this year because yeah. we had the walls looking real good in April. You did, and we and then they had that night of destruction, a couple rainouts, and we're looking at thing going, oh my god! So we, so we got to get this looking pretty for Kenny Wallace, and you know we had a good group of people out here getting this stuff painted, and that I mean you look at it now, and it's like this, this place looks good. Yeah, no, it does, and that, you know that takes a lot of work. You know, again, people think you just get a brush and you just you know paint a wall well it's a quarter mile around mm-hmm. you got to do the lettering you guys do the uh the uh all the lines the lines I, told, and, uh, I was talking to Zach and he said how do you do those lines and I said with trim I go no it's freehand because you can only do if it was all flat you could probably trim it without a hitch but with it all having nicks and dings in it and you know pieces missing you can't there's no way you can do a line because it looks crooked so you gotta go freehand bit by bit by bit and then you keep going freehand bit by bit by bit and then you can start getting okay now I can start filling this in right. with a regular and then take off and do that right. but uh, that looked you, good last week you must have gotten good Grades in grade school for coloring and staining. I do some precision paint work okay. regularly. Okay. So when I came out here, that's where that artistry So yeah, so I told Kevin, I said, we're going to get these lines looking real straight. And he's like, you go for it. And we started, I started doing it. He goes, damn, you got this stuff like, like to a science. And I'm like, hey, it's just something you do enough of. And you got, you know, once you get confident doing it, it's not that hard to do. And uh, I can picture my mind a lot easier than I can actually do it. But when we did that start, you know, the victory squad, it came out really good. And the walls, and I was taking those, I took a lot of pictures the last couple of weeks because those walls look good. And I'm looking at those walls more than I am at the cars when I'm, and I'm like, man, these suckers look pretty straight. Yeah. So it worked out really, came out really good. Yeah. You know, it's really um, cool because it, it makes the track look good. It gives people a sense of pride, you know, and when, when fans walk in, especially if it's their first time, yeah, first impressions, the biggest first impression, impression, you know, they look and they say, oh, wow, you know, look at this, man. That's pretty cool. And then you know, know, ordinary people did it. It wasn't yeah, a professional funny. painting crew with, right. you know, Acme Painting Incorporated did it. It was just right. this guy and this gal and these two people from down the street. And we met on, you know, let's meet at two on a Thursday afternoon. And off we went, you know. So, yeah. uh, it just, uh, no, one of those neat little really success stories. Yeah, no, it looks really good. And um, it's just amazing that... Uh, 
how good you guys make it, and you know, I think it just speaks to the dedication of the people at the track. It's not just the owners, it's the people that do different things around here, people in the concession stands, the drivers in the pits. Um, there's a lot of people that do take pride in South Bend and want to make it and keep it to be a good place, and you're, and you're one of those people and the people that help you do that, so it just, you know, it, it makes it feel good to come to the track and see it looking good. Yeah, it's uh, neat because when Kevin and Vern are like, do what you want to do, you know, you got the green light and, you know, just come in when we want and do, do the stuff, and it's kind of funny when we do some stuff and they're like, man, you post those pictures later, it's all so positive, you know, racing's so negative, so many, because someone tries a positive post sometimes on racing about something and it turns negative, and five posts later. Later, but sometimes we get some stuff going, and it's just like, look at all the positive energy we're getting out of this. Right. You know. And there is a lot of positive things that are happening at the racetrack. Um, I would encourage people to come out and experience yourself. Don't believe everything you read on Facebook and Twitter and whatever other social things are out there. Come out and experience for yourself. Feel the speed. Feel the, you know, feel the heat off the tires with the wind blowing right. And, you know, maybe stay out a little late, but, you know, it's just... Uh, a neat little experience. It is. And, you know, the other thing I love is I love seeing the kids, how excited the kids get about mm-hmm. the racing. And, you know, for the kids, they they pick a favorite car based on color, or maybe they like one of Kevin's cars. No, I'm a racist. Yeah, then you Kevin's know? cars are always a man yeah. there for them kids. Yeah. And then the fact that they can go down over to Victory Lane and be in the pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, well, sometimes there's a lot of pictures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. We told them we're going to be here half an hour. Right? But, uh, you know, it's all good. It's good to see that because you know the tracks might get that one pitcher on the front stretch and that's yeah. it. You know, and we have that off the offer back here with the pitchers and stuff and uh, just, just trying to make it a little bit better. And it, every track's Saturday night now, it seems like, you know, for the most part. So it makes it so not for a fan, you know, where do I go? Do I go to New Paris? Do I go to South Bend? Do I go to you know, Galesburg? Or? That's another track I went to. I went to, I went to Galesburg for the first time. Is, and that track was higher bank than they sat on it. You know, it's just kind of one of those. <laughs> and it's got the unique wall around three and four, like that old picket fence. Yes. Because those walls were up in the late 40s. And yeah. there's no wall on the back stretch. You get yeah. off into the woods. Yeah, you're in the woods, the creek, and yes. yeah, there's, yeah, you're for, uh, yeah, you can, you can, things can happen in a hurry there. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so I have to try and fit, you know, I want to get to New Paris. I want to get to Plymouth. I want to get to um, uh, Shady Hill. Mm-hmm. And Kankakee redid their track. Kankakee redid their track. So we're going to try to get up there this Friday yeah. where they're permitting them at. Because Tommy Smith, you know, we ran Plymouth for years, and I got to know him there. And then we've been going, trying to get over to Kankakee a couple times a year. And great guy there. I'm in that one yeah. night they had the finished cars there, the Illinois series. And I was just sitting there, and Tommy's like, what are you doing later on? I'm like, um, well, we're going to be down here. And he goes, you're going to announce for me tonight. And I'm like, we're going to announce? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. So, so I had to try, I tried to get an entry list from the guy that was running the series. He had nothing ready. And I'm like, i got to be up there 10 minutes. And then the, the guy that runs the series don't even know the you name. You were probably able to just kind of pick them out of oh, your head. Thank God for the years of cars, right? So, you know, so then I was there. So I, was, I, had the, I wrote the names down, ran up there, and then I knew the type of cars. And then we went back on history. So I kind of bought some, bought some time with, the, you know, history and information. <laughs> but uh, it worked out all for the good, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to go to some of the other tracks and see what they do. But then again, you know, it's always nice to come, kind of come home and, and be at what you call like your home track. It feels so one of your tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's fun. So, all right. Well, you know, thank you for all you do for us. And uh, I see the lap money deal, how that worked out good. You know, we did all the laps for the uh, Hornets tonight. So. And that's a lot of work to, to put that together and get money from people. And I know the 
drivers so really appreciate it because, you know, every dollar that they can put back into their equipment and help pay for a pit pass or whatever it might Plus be. Plus, we pulse who gets how much right. how much is being worse at, so everything's transparent, so, yes. well, they kept half the money this time, or I never got paid. It's like, I got, once they posted on Facebook, and that guy's even appreciated. I said, I'm posting what everybody got. Right. You know, and I'm saying, that keeps it, just keeps it all positive. Right. Keeps it all positive. Keeps it above board. There's nothing shady going on. There's no special deals going on. Because I know so, tracks tried doing it years ago at times, different tracks, and they're like, well, they're going to keep half of it, or I wouldn't even, I, I did it last time, and they ever mentioned my name or something, and I'm like, oh, yeah. we got to work around that a little bit. Yeah. Good group of things. Just like the people are passionate about the racing, and, you know, driver sponsor. We had those, uh, like Mike Williams last week, and Steve Stacy had lap money for the sportsman. They said, just put it back into that Hornet first tonight. That's really cool. So it worked, really cool. yeah, worked out really good that way. And that kind of tells, tells you a little bit about the respect that the drivers have for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember going to some tracks, and it's like, you know, the... The late model guys didn't associate with the four cylinder yeah, guys. Yeah, like their own little clicks. All their own little clicks. Mm-hmm. And around here, you know, um, the guy you could be competing against in your race needs some help on his car, and you go there and you help him. And the reason you're doing that is because you want him to compete against you. Yeah. You want to see who the better is. There is car a lot is. of that going on. There is. Even last week with the guys winning infield. Guys, I didn't know half these guys are working on my car, but they're working on it that 10 minute break. Yeah. Yeah. Makes their car drop out, so they're helping us. So. Yeah. And that's just a really neat spirit and again and a very positive thing that uh, people can experience if they come out to the track so Ron thanks again alright I gotta go to my perch up and yeah we're getting there aren't we we are so, alright thanks good job bud you may have a lot of We at News Source 1 Michiana are closely monitoring developments on the Russia-Ukraine border crisis and will keep you up to date on our Facebook group. There we go. Are we going here? We're rolling here. Hey, we're at Bristol Street Cafe. We got probably one of the youngest drivers in the stock car classes at South Bend. And, uh, you know, the famous name Maynard has been around for, uh, with Ronnie Sr. going back into the 70s there. And then Ronnie Jr. And then, uh, you know, the, the list goes on and on. And there's Zach and there's Jake. And, you know, it's like, holy smokes. And, and you are? I'm Zach Maynard. And uh, I drive the number 14 Outlaw. And pleasure being here with you guys today and ready to talk some racing. And when you came along with racing, I mean, your dad was racing, your uncle was racing, and grandpa was kind of getting out of it there and stuff, so you guys were kind of like the uh, the, the helpers around the pits. I remember you guys at, at Plymouth Speedway a lot, seeing you guys down there, and you're just sitting at those little grandstands in turn one and two, and you're out yeah. laughing, you guys was like, well, like I said, the wheels were turning back then about what was going on there, and you guys had quite the understanding of racing, and you know, when you think of the Mainers, they, you guys get a lot out of a little. You know, when you guys do some different things, it's like you may not have the most expensive the motors or the parts or anything, but you, you get things to work. We're there to race. That's all that matters, I guess. You know, when it comes on Saturday, we, we all buckle down and drive the wheels off of them. Every single one of us, we do the best we can and we have fun. That's all that matters. And it's kind of neat. Chris announced in itself then, because you guys were most maybe pro new Paris, and you, you know, dabble around at M40 a little mm-hmm. bit there and stuff, and then yep. you guys came along and you know, you got Mainers coming to South Bend now. So that was kind of neat on your part of it there, too. Absolutely. I've seen them race for years. It was actually one night we had all the Mainers there. Austin, Logan, 
Um, you know, I think Alston won the feature that night. About half half the guys were down there congratulating him, and then yeah. the next race, and then Ronnie Jr. couldn't do anything because he was racing in the B main, and yeah. you can yeah. kind of caught a little flack over being in the B main there and stuff. Yeah, but, uh, very rare you see Ronnie Manor Jr. in a B feature, but yeah, he struggled this year, but you know, he's still one of the best, I think, and. He'll be ready next year to fight. And I talked to him about that after after that night, and he said, you know, Chris, he goes, South Bend's, it's its, it's, its own animal. Mm-hmm. It's unlike any other track, it's really tight. you got the high banks. It's hard to set a car up. And, you know, he said they had to do a lot of changes to that car, and then he came back and, and got faster and put it in the the next time he was there. So I remember when he had that car with Scott Feaster. Scott's computer world car. Yeah, that's right. Once a new pair, the car was naughty. So, like, yeah. you know, he couldn't race that night. So he goes to South Bend. And we were at New Paris that night, and Feaster went, I think Scott stayed at New Paris. Mm-hmm. Ronnie went to South Bend, proceeded to almost total the car, yeah, he, he and he got the call, and he's like, Scott, so how the night goes? Don't want to know. You don't want to know. Yeah. And, you know, and they wrecked that car. Now, remember, the car show. We're going to do a car show at Concord Mall. We do that every year, and yeah. Ronnie was in, they're going to bring the car on that, but hey, we got an opportunity to hot lap the car at New Paris for hot laps. Hey, we'll get some extra seat time. Well, that turned up being some wall time, too, that night. You can kind of wreck that car up pretty good there that night. Yeah, he's wrecked a few race cars in his day, <laughs> but that happens in embracing. We all wreck. That's right. You know, you race enough, you're bound to get in a wreck or two. Well, hell, my brother Jacob wrecks a lot of them, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but it happens, it's racing. But you came out, you know, racing with the, you came out for the, the South Bend uh, showdown the year right. before. Yep. And took a win out there, and then the following year, Super Lake model. Yeah, it was, it was a big know, change. And, and, I mean, it was like, holy smokes. And then, you know, there's a lot of races. Your outside pole or outside is like, oh, my God. we got a young rookie on the outside. What's he going to do? What's going to happen here? You know, he's kind of get nervous because the late models, everything's so quick there at that track, and it don't take much to, to wreck half the field, but you really held your own. You got to pull them belts tight and grow a pair and hold on. So you got to do. And a lot of that is probably, you know, with your family helping you out. You're, you're comfortable in the car and, and yeah. getting the car to your liking. That's, that's huge. Well, Jacob does a lot of the work, you know, most of it, and I trust Jake with everything, so it is what it is. I trust his work. I trust what he gives me, so I'm going to drive it. So one thing I noticed last year at South Bend is, uh, you know, we made a big deal about you being so young, and tell everybody how old you are. you got a birthday coming up this week. 17. I turn uh, 18th on the 18th of this month, and got to get a full-time job to pay for my race car. There you go. But, I mean, you actually had some success, and you picked up a feature win, actually before Jacob, which was a little bit surprising because Jake was fast every night, and, and you're out there racing, and I thought, oh, man, Jake's probably going to win a couple this season, and then and then you, you know, racing in the Outlaws with uh, guys like Charlie Hanna and Rich Bowl and even Corey Prestler. I mean, some tough competition at South Bend. Yeah, the, them, them guys out there teach me a lot. Even Steve Stacy, you know, they taught me a lot how to race. They taught me a lot, really, like a lot. But the coolest thing all year was racing against my brother, you know. There was one time I stopped in, get in turn one, he moved me out of the lane. <laughs> and I looked down and I see it was his car, and I was like, I ain't going to turn down on him. But don't think I won't get it back. <laughs> Next year, if I'm a second, he's a first, it's on. I'm going to move him out of the way. Yeah, I think you won your feature. He led, I think, almost the whole race. I, Maybe. Yeah. Now, I bet that probably felt like a 100 lap race. It felt forever. I mean, <laughs> I was sitting in the car going, and there was like, I didn't know where they were. I didn't know if they were behind me. So I just kept hammering on it. And getting in a corner, I almost spun it out one time, and I was like, oh, 
it was getting a little sketchy there, but it was it was shocking to win my first feature. No, I mean I don't really have much experience. I raced uh, street stock the year before, seven eight times, and late model just I had to buckle down and go at it. And something else too with South Bend, you're starting on the front row, he lead feature race. Guys, he gonna go over his time? Is he gonna go over his time? You know, well, his last winded down. Guys are on your bumper, and it's like, yeah, boy, this is this is a, kind of a, could be a touchy deal there, you know. First time I've ever raced late model. I started on the outside of my brother, and he jumped a gun like he always does. <laughs> and uh, I stood on the gas and turned sideways, hit him right rear. I thought he was going to the wall. I'd have been. Thought we were gonna wreck both race cars, but <laughs> luckily I saved it and just ripped his quarter panel off. But it's a lot of fun this year. It's uh it's a lot different. And I can't wait to race next year and hopefully I win some features next year. Yeah, talk about uh what you have going on this year. You've got a new car being built. You guys are actually working out of your brother's shop and putting that car together right now. Actually it's the same car where we cut the front clip off, cut a lot of changed a lot of things, cut a lot of bars out. It wasn't hard to cut that clip off after the new Ferris deal, was it? No. Like <laughs> well my dad told me, he said, Well you wanna cut it off anyway, so he just finished it off. But yeah, um we my brother put a new clip on it and we're slowly but surely getting back together and got a lot of money to spend still, but I'll be there ready to race. Now, you guys do your own body work and everything. You've got the tools over there, and, uh, you know, you put, you hung the body on my late model. It turned out pretty nice. I got a lot of compliments on a good-looking car, and uh, you guys always have decent-looking cars when you show up to the track. Actually, your body was the first body I've ever done, and I learned I got a lot better, hopefully, I think. But, you know, my brother, my brother teaches me a lot, and... He gave me a. He did. He helped me a lot. And my dad, my dad, he's a smart cookie, but I think he's getting ready to retire. He's getting old on us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, what are your plans for this season, Zach? Uh, I thought about just racing South Bend every weekend, trying to win a championship. But when it comes down to it, you know, Renew Paris has some races, and I want to go to Kalamazoo. So I just probably bounce around and go wherever my brother goes, I guess. And I don't know. Just race. You got a favorite track of any of them? I like South Bend. I really do. You know, the, the people that own the place, they do a really good job. They uh, take care of it. They take care of the drivers. I really like that. And I hope New Paris, you know, the new owners do a really good job. They seem like they got a great idea. It's just New Paris needs a lot of work like South Bend does. Well, you can, we can still do an interview with you in about 10 minutes. <laughs> we can do an interview in about 10 minutes with you. Fred Sibley with us today. Oh, boy. We'll catch you another time, then. We'll do that. Fred Sibley, a regular here at Bristol Street. You would be a great interview. He's got to be at Harbor Freight here. You are would be a great interview. I know the times we've talked, I've learned a lot of stuff. I would be needless to say that. because I'm in international hot rod hall, what does that mean? See, now he's, seen, now he's already pushing that deal on he's, he's, he's throwing that card out there, isn't he, Ron? We might end up losing you on this that interview here. Okay. Okay. Right, put it on. That's fine. Pioneer. That's right. If it don't have thrust motor in it, I don't want nobody anymore. Because car motors are junk. <laughs> So you're going to get your lunch paid for so you can wait a few minutes now. There we go. Well, 
better than on a diet, man. Well, about time. You lost 86 pounds. Yeah, feel better, really, all skinny. Now my skin's all safe. Now you're gonna have some girls chasing you again. You what? You're gonna have some girls chasing you again. No. I married the one long time ago. That that I've done chasing. Speaking of losing weight, he's back here. He's lost a lot of weight. He said he gave up drinking pop on fifty pounds. You have a heart attack, and the doctor says you do this. If you ain't gonna listen to the doctor. Don't go. Don't go. Yeah, don't. You don't want to hear what he has to say, right? Well, no. But I'm saying, but if you, you know, they didn't take my gold competition license. They didn't take my pilot's license, and I passed the FAA physical two weeks ago. So if you really don't listen to the doctor, don't go. <laughs> Good advice. Jerry, he's got a problem, and I changed the doctor around. He went to this guy, Norjax. He's been doing really good. So when you get old, this is what happens to you. <laughs> no, hopefully when I get old, I don't act like my grandpa Ronnie. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but they're probably going to see this video, and uh, you know it, it may help you or hurt you at some point in the season. We don't know yet. Yeah. Uh, one thing's for sure, you guys show up at the track, and uh, you're always competitive. You know, like I said, your cars are always looking good. You're, you're you know, you guys are all. Another thing, you guys are always adjusting on your cars. You know, to try to make them better. You know what to do to, you know, if it's doing this in the corner, you know what to do, and you guys set, do your own setups and everything. So yeah, we try as we can to make us better. I mean. You just gotta try things, and yeah. hopefully it works. And if it don't, go back the other way. But group qualifying—that's something done at South Bend. Other tracks don't do it. You, you pros and cons with that. Mm, sometimes you get slower cars in your way. You know, sometimes you get it—it's it's all right. I like it. I mean, it takes a lot of time away or whatever. You don't gotta wait on the infield for ever, but. Soon car qualifying, I feel like you get to get the best lap you got. You get you get the best out of the car. Sometimes, like I said, you get slower cars in front of you. You never never know. But it can help you. You know, if you get a slower car in front of you, you get started front more. Get, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes along with that. And speaking of like some of the big races at South End, Kenny Wallace coming to town in June. Oh yeah, for the Damian Irie race. So that's gonna be kind of a neat deal. And he's actually gonna race. So well, don't think we're not gonna race him. Line him up. <laughs> there you go, Kenny. We're, Line them up. We'll all get the race. Put on a show for the fans. Yeah, it's all about the fans. That's right. Jeff yeah. Brown always told me, if you're not there to make the fans happy, then don't go at all. That's the way I am. Now, going through the years, any favorite drivers? Other than other than relatives, you know, throughout the years. I've always said Brian Ross is my favorite. Um, Brian Ross, you know, Jake, he taught Jake a lot, and he taught me a lot. And there's one thing. Brian Ross built a lower for a certain race car, and we were there. And I'll never forget this. He heated the lower control arm up, and he lifted it up, and it slammed back down. He said, remember one thing, son, no sticking in a race car. And that stuck with me ever since then. So, Brian Ross was really good. I wish you would get his eyes fixed, because I know he could still win every weekend if he wanted to. And he's just one of the throwbacks. Kind of like talking to Tom earlier there. I mean, he may not have the best of equipment and had some rough-looking stuff over the years. He's but, had some rough-looking you know, stuff. And he's damn near done it all. I mean, racing in the ARCA series and the CRA and you know, yep. super open comp late models and just uh, and it comes back to the weekly shows too. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, not a doubt in my mind, Brian Ross is still can't do it to this day, but he's getting old and wants to do other things in life, so whatever makes him happy, I guess.
that wreck at New Paris, we talked about that a little bit earlier there, that was, it didn't seem like it was that bad of a hit initially, and then looking at it afterwards, it's like, well, you drilled that wall pretty hard. I hit it pretty hard. I mean, anytime you hit the wall, it's hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you and Ron Kohler might be the only two that still have business cards, oh, yeah. you know, in your pocket every day. Whenever I see Kohler, he's always he's got, got a business card. If he ain't got it, shut up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> Go home and give this to my grandpa. Hey, yeah. hey, I remember old Freddy. But, yeah, that racket in Paris was... It rattled my cage a little bit, but... So that's what kids need nowadays. If you rank the wall, you know you ain't gonna be scared. Three months ago, you should have seen Tommy. He looked like a coon. Tommy? Oh, but Davey. Oh, he Tom Davey. Oh, Davey. Oh, Davey. You went to Gas City and I told him, don't go there. It's like going to Montpelier. Don't go there. Mm-hmm. You can lose your car and then hold the racetrack. We met some places where you don't want to be, right? You're better off to stay home and watch the old raindrop show. Speaking of that, I mean, you run asphalt, but have you ever given any thought to running dirt? You know what my grandpa Ronnie told me? You know what it's there for? People underground. Uh, Should not be race cars. <laughs> and I believe that hard time. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you go run dirt for a while, you go back to asphalt, you're going to be a hell of a lot faster. I would never go dirt. I couldn't do it. I don't know why. I would, me and my brother Jacob raced a sprint car one time. That was the no, worst, no, no, worst thing I ever, you know what I mean? Any kind of car. <laughs> no. Sprint car is the biggest joke there ever was. <laughs> there ain't nothing like I asphalt late model racing. You had that one car in the 80s, that pavement car that was almost like a, uh, like a silver crown car. It had the long wheelbase. That's right. And that was about the only one I can remember. I mean, you had the coupes and the modifieds. Well, but I had the car that Tommy drove in Florida. I built the car for Volusia County. Mm-hmm. I lived in Boston, Florida, which is 30 miles away. So Joe Hall run the racetrack. Mm-hmm. I had a modified pavement car, and I built a second one just like it, but I changed the wheelbase. I actually built the car crooked. You wear a dirt car now with your walking rear end, and you learn to drive it. When you go to Asheville, I still don't care. Ain't nothing better than better outlaw race. You are, when there's an outlaw race, I'm running to the fence. And when someone buries an outlaw car on the outside of somebody, it's like, yeah, baby, there ain't none better. Dirt, you're sliding around, it's like, eh, it's all right. No, you're not sliding around. You're sliding around. That's the figment of your imagination. Did you poke the car in the corner set up already? You got a point, but... There's still nothing better now. Outlaw racing. I, don't I think care. there will always I be don't, a debate about I don't dirt care. versus asphalt. I didn't mean for it to <laughs> get off on a side track. But if you learn to drive dirt, when you go back to You have better control of a race car. Well, we see it, in, you know, guys like Kyle Larson and, and Christopher Bell, that, you know, oh, yeah. they run on the dirt and then, you know, they they moved to asphalt and and they're, 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 junior. yeah they're 
ain't good equipment. No, you got to do now is keep the motor on. Mm-hmm. We'll relabel this interview the Manor Sibley <laughs> interview <laughs> here. That's good. No, I'm telling you like I've been doing it for 65 years. Then I can still put your ass. <laughs> Not only that, but I'll make you feel bad because I'll use a four-cylinder. <laughs> I wouldn't drive a four-cylinder every day in my life. I mean, now, you just went for uh, some street stocks. What? Did you do any road or... Um, Four-cylinder racing? No, or four-wheel drive? No, I, mean, I started. Austin did. I, yeah, Austin and then did, but I started in street stock, and I'm here to lay model now. It's just spot. Well, we're going to wish you the best of luck at stopping yep. this Thank year, you. and you know you might dabble over a new pair, sneak over there for a show or two. Yes. Like I say you'll be at the Kalamazoo, and you know it's going to be another, you know, whole new set of uh, marbles up there with some of the different drivers. You're going and, to go to Kalamazoo? You might go to Kalamazoo. I'll probably hit there every once in a while. There. Yeah, so that's a fast joint there. Well, it seems like that, that's kind of like a like like M40s. When you spin out, it becomes a mag or a funnel, and cars can get collected in a hurry there. Yeah. They'll stop in kind of a little bit of a magnet there too. Minus inside roll. You better hide out. <laughs> I only been around uh, M41 time. Anything you fit in that race car, <laughs> you hang on. I think the main difference between um, tracks like South Bend and Paris is you have an infield to go into. into. You, if somebody gets into you, get turned. You've got you've got more room to go, and you know as a driver, you know you can go down in there. You've got some room. You go up to M40 or yeah, Kalamazoo, and you actually have that wall to the inside. You run on the outside, don't Yep. Yeah, you can. I don't know. I've never been around M40 much. Never been around Kalamazoo much, but I'm gonna try it out, have some fun, and hopefully I win some races this year. That's all you can hope for. And how about some of your sponsors? Uh, the affordable packing and uh, Ed, Esther Stamrock Service Station and uh, Brian Stanley. They help me out a lot, and I appreciate it, and can never uh, thank them enough. All right, we're gonna be glad to see you come out to the Speedway again yep. and uh, give us some more heck and. Yep. Uh, you know, say racing is an expensive game, especially in the yeah. late model class. It's uh, wow. You can let's say one wreck can be twenty thousand dollar in a hurry, right yeah, there between a clipping rough. motor and you know, like say with Tommy, his wreck kind of put him back a little bit too. Oh, yeah. Sure, medical bills you know, sometimes, yeah. you know. But yeah, all right. Well, thank you guys, and I appreciate you guys having me, and good talking to you guys, and can't wait to race until the rest of the clan we said hi yeah, sure they'll be watching right. the video later later today there too and stuff they'll have a lot of fun watching that dirty side down okay that's good advice that's good advice thank you so uh, we also want to have a show sometime in the future with uh, all you Mainers get the whole group together and uh, we can really banner back and forth yeah, and I gotta go put my car back together <laughs> <laughs> might have to Fred I've been looking for a 32 to 34 Chevy body. Because I still got the Jimmy. Now he was going to leave and didn't want to do an interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I mean, you know, it used to be fun to go racing. Mm-hmm. Since I've been doing the professional thing, it's no fun anymore. I'm too serious. Well, all the shows I've done are all five or six hundred or eight hundred miles away. Mm-hmm. So you drive for two days, and if you have any trouble, they eat you up on the highway. Now, remember, you blew the motor in the jet car at a Wisconsin show, then you blew the motor in the hauler coming back. 
minutes. I probably didn't uh, go over, over yeah. too good there. You must have built it. $1,500 to get towed 51 miles in Illinois. Oh, God. I remember this one. He couldn't come across the state line. He had a good license. But I had to have it brought from the 51 mile marker to the 21 in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And they come and got me. So, kind of a that weekend cost me ten grand. Trust. Just for an exhibition. Well, I mean, I got paid good for doing the show, but it just I just went to Minnesota here a month ago. It was seventy degrees during the day, and the sun went over the hill. It went to twenty eight. <laughs> So I drained a few out of the tank. Well, we thank you for coming out. We <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. Be safe now, bud. Always. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend, 2014-2015.